Blog Talk Radio. Trinity Ooh, Lord 
That's what angels sing God Almighty You deliver me Because I Everything begins with an honest, open conversation. The Empire is exactly that place, and you can just weigh in, listen, or debate with others about topics ranging from childcare, sex, religion, and politics. We talk about the things that matter, the things we experience, and we make plans for how we can better live with change. Real talk, real people, real issues with real solutions. Call 646-478-5625 every Sunday and Wednesday at 8 Central on Blog Talk Radio to get Empire with the Empress. Or you can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Empire, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. The first impression is a lasting impression, so what you look like does matter. Start the year off with a new look, a change, a beginning for 2015. Portia at Soho's Beauty Salon specializes in silk press and full head extensions. She's located at 231 State Farm Parkway, Homewood, Alabama, or you can call for an appointment at 205-807-1736. Tell her the Empress. The Atlanta Mardi Gras Ball is returning once again, Saturday, February the 7th, 2015, to celebrate and pay homage to the Carnival's most popular tradition. From Mobile, Alabama to Atlanta, Georgia, let the good times roll. Text ATL Mardi Gras to 545454. Again, that's just text ATL Mardi Gras to 545454. It's a BYOB affair. Tell them the Empress sent you.
who shared with me some insight with regard to just relationships, period. And I can see already that this is going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing for us to get together, for us to talk together, for us to have communications with each other about love, what it is, how we're going to bring that back to the black family in particular. Uh, But uh, with regard to having voice or giving back voice to men, I think for very long the women have had to do some things um, because of necessity. I think we've had to race to different occasions with regard to family and other uh, issues with regard to the society of our people. But I think... um, just opening up that conversation one-on-one, eye-to-eye, face-to-face with brothers and sisters who look and feel and experience things just like ourselves, it's going to help. It, it can't harm. Um, conversation is necessary in any venue. You have to first talk it out. Uh, one of the uh, men who were at the uh, who was at the uh, event tonight uh, said that exactly. I mean, his words were that communication was never an issue for him because of his upbringing and because he was raised in a family of women. He was raised by his mother and because uh, his mom embraced. Um, his ability to articulate how he felt. It was something that he's never had a problem with having uh, in relationship. And um, that, you know, sometimes I think we just don't give men a chance to say what they have to say. Sometimes we just monopolize the conversation. And, of course, they're always welcome. So I, on purpose, gave the men the entire month of get it all out with regard to a subject that I think that maybe women think we know the best about. But I I have definitely learned from every discussion that we've had. We had a discussion with David Reddick on Eros, which is about the erotic part of love or the sensual part of love, and absolutely men are made from that, but that is not the extent of their expectation in love and in loving relationships. They want more than just sex. We went from there to agape love, and agape love was just as interesting to me Um um, with regard to agape love, I think we uh, explored it in a way that was very, very instrumental in being a whole type of loving person. It is the love that is associated a lot with God and with uh, the spirit realm of self or the soul of yourself in love, and that's no exception with relationship or our, our um one-on-one sensual love. I mean, there is a oneness that has to come spirit-wise with those two people, and that is one of the things that I did learn from that type of love. And, of course, last week we went to Jermaine. We talked about Lula's love, and Lula's love was excellent for me. I didn't actually understand it, but after talking with him and the other guests on the phone that uh, last week on Lutus, it was interesting because I think that you cannot have You cannot have a full extent of love if you don't expand your love into a trying or a testing of the love experience in and of itself. I think he did say, and I think I do agree, that love sometimes is an experience that people never get to. They get stuck in ludus. They get stuck in the gaming part of that uh, situation and um that's not where it's supposed to end, people. Uh, we're not supposed to be just knocking boots and just getting our groove on. The creation of life uh, comes from some of these experiences, and we have to have more than that just alone to give to our next generation. And I'm excited about our last episode, which will be again on the 20, um, 
28th, which will be this coming Wednesday with Stephen Bell. We're going to talk about manic love, and it is sure to be exciting. He is one of my Facebook friends that just because of something he posted, I just absolutely had to pick his brain. I wanted to know what was in that head. And some of the things that he says and that he posts, he's just matter-of-fact about it. You know, I don't necessarily I know I, I don't absolutely have to agree with what people say on my show. I just like for people to be able to have their say, to say their point, to get it across. And if you get it, then you got it. And if not, then we try to understand better by more uh, communication. And that is a back and forth exchange. It's not just a one-sided thing. I'm not trying to convince you of something that doesn't feel absolutely right within yourself. But tonight... We are going to talk about something that I think is particularly of issue with regard to the state of affairs with black America, okay? I, and, and, and black America, for some people, is just oxymoron in and of itself. It's like you shouldn't even put those two words together. But the truth of the matter is we are here. We're here, and um, nobody's going to take us back, Okay. <laughs> But I don't think that the intent of bringing us here was for permanence and for some of some of the unforeseen places that we've taken and positioned ourselves in the world. And I think there is an orchestration of uh, of, of events that are occurring that I think is just riding under the radar for a lot of us today. I don't know if your blinders are on or off. Um, I don't per se, say that I am the most enlightened person in the world, but uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that there is an extermination of certain groups of people in this world. And I would think that if you are uh, related to, in any way, shape, or form, whether that's ethnically, religiously, uh, uh, morally, or just identity-wise, if you look like the folk that's getting exterminated, you might want to wake up a little bit because I don't think it's by mistake. I was reading, um, as I am all the time, I don't sleep very well at night, so all of the time I'm on the on the Internet and I'm listening to uh, – videos and I'm reading along and one of my sisters, new sister Melanin Sutek, was uh posting um and I love to to see her jewelry. I just love to see her style. I think she has a sister swag about herself that is killer. Okay. I think it is just in a photo. The essence of who she is speaks volumes and, and I love that. Um it is what uh, was brought to me by another one of my local sisters, and I am just so excited about how, you know, people are connecting in ways that are just, that just feel right. Uh, one of my sisters said, you need to see this video. So I watched her video, and I haven't stopped watching since that point, and I think she has the heart of her people uh, on her chest. I mean, it's just outward of her. I think she's flipped inside out. Her heart is outside, and one of her Threads actually spoke to that. She posted a video, uh, another video of another black young man who uh, was shot down by the police after attempting to elude police and was shot to death. And her blog uh, about that in particular was really heart-wrenching because she said that she had started to lose some faith 
in the capability of us turning this uh, situation around. And I, I felt her. Uh, I saw the outcrying of persons who are associated with her on on Facebook come to her aid and tell her that it's not over yet and and how we need to just wait and band together and you know some who absolutely felt the same. I actually couldn't look at the entire video because it was just really I knew I, I knew I mean just seeing the still frame you knew what the outcome was going to be. And if I may, I will just read a little bit about of what she posted. This was actually uh, on the 24th. It said, I try to remain positive, but I am feeling defeated. After seeing that brother get shot down to death yesterday, I realized that I have a battle going on deep in my spirit, and I am angry. And I have to stay in my room today because I'm having emotional mood swings. And videos like this uh, uh, negatively affects her spirit, and she just can't take much more of this. She said that she doesn't uh, like that this situation is just rocking along and people are not being moved by it, but she said she's going to just stay uh, in bed that particular day. But she had so much positivity to come her way. And, and I think that is the truth of black people. I think that we absolutely were made in this way, regardless of where we are positioned in the world. I think that we are naturally uh, helpers of one another. I don't think that there had to be a commandment written for that. I think that's just who we are when we're not distracted by the things that are happening in the world. And, you know, I think that anybody who is human being first, but surely African-American second and um, probably a, a short first to that, a parent should have this same level of disgust, the same level of hurt, the same level of um, question about when this is going to end. And, and the sad thing about it is it's become so casual that we don't even blink about it anymore. It's just, you know, I, I, I will be the first to say the first thing I wanted to know was where, he, where it happened and what his name was. And those two things I didn't even care to try to write down, not because I wanted to be disrespectful in any way, but because this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Another black life has been snuffed out, and it made me um, sure that I wanted to do the show tonight about the extinction of black persons, about black lives. And I'm not trying to become this person that is disrespectful of any other culture of people. I just absolutely love mine. And I hope that that is what is transmitted uh, or it emanated through my words and through the show on tonight. Um, I, I want to extend to anybody who's out there listening, if you want to call in and have something to say or how you're feeling about the situation, because I, these are just my personal beliefs. These, this is what I personally think and what I can surmise from what's happening, because these are not uh, myths. I had to go online and look, of course, for some statistics because some people just don't believe nothing unless it's thrown right up in their face in black and white, even though it's a consistency wherever you are in the world. You can go from one end of the world to the next end of the world, and you can find this same truth. And that's the scary part about it. Like, who, who would have thought that people in other countries would be watching the slaughter 
of black people. It's like uh, nobody, nobody is shocked. Nobody is surprised. Nobody has any particular question about it because they, it's like become a norm. And I want, I want to say what I have to say to the end, and I want to extend um, an invitation out to anybody who listens on the show. The number, of course, is 646-478-5625. I will open up the lines as they come in. I already have a couple of phone calls on the line, and let me tell you this. I always try to give this disclaimer because I don't like to put people in a position where they're uncomfortable. But I do say this, and it's very similar to what people say a lot um, in the world of politics. Don't complain if you don't at least show up. And some of showing up in this venue is just saying your truth. I don't damn anybody for having a different opinion than I. I damn people who want to complain and have nothing to say. I mean, you don't even have to have uh, uh, an answer or a solution here on the empire. I think that just like they said, so there's no dumb question. There's no dumb answer. No answer is pretty dumb. You know, if you look up the word dumb, it means nothing, void of. So if you have nothing to say, then, you know, you, you're a part of the problem. I don't think that I'm going to be like the mecca of the change for the world. But, damn it, you're going to know what i got to say. And the people that I can string together through conversation, that is exactly what I'm going to do. So are you with me on that? I hope you are. All right. Alrighty, so I want to go ahead and start with some of what I have to say. I'm gonna let me tell you this. Uh, when I ask ask people to talk on the show, you say whatever your truth is. You you introduce yourself, how you would like. I I identify you by the last four digits of your phone number, and I just want to know what you think uh, the problem is in America with regard to the African American stance. Let's start with one nine seven nine. Are you there? And can you hear me? Yes, hello? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh this is Sister Melanie Sutek. Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so glad that you decided to listen in and call tonight. And I did uh, review a little bit. And, and, of course, my applause would come on a little bit too late. <laughs> but <laughs> I did yeah. review a little bit of your posting after you posted the video the other night. I just wanted to call you and just give you a hug over the phone. But what was happening? to you that made you want to write that? What was going on with you then? Well, in that moment, I really, I don't know. It's like when I see my people's lives being taken, I feel like a piece of me dies with them, and I feel helpless, and I feel I feel like even though I'm trying, it just makes me feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm not feeling effective in what I do because at the end of the day we're at the mercy of another race that can do whatever they want whenever they want to us. So just to constantly see the attack on our people and how we just stand there as if we are immune to it. Like when I see brothers and sisters in the background, I get enraged like why aren't we fighting back? Why is it that the best thing we can do is videotape, yell and scream? I don't feel no other nation of people or race would stand back and watch such injustice happen on their own people. So it's like one minute I'm upset, but then one minute I understand that 
we all grew up in a mind state of fearing and seeing the white man superior than us. Mm-hmm. And especially to see them mm-hmm. in a gun and in a badge, you have to be hesitant because I would never uh, profess a brother or a sister to go out there and just lose their life without, mm-hmm. um, you know, just don't go out there and get yourself murdered. It may, be, it may create more of a black backlash to your people. So everything is like we have to be strategic. So even though sometimes I feel like why isn't, black men just running and, and, and going to gun down or fight police or something like that, you know, in retaliation of the injustice, not just freely doing it, I have to think on a larger scale that white supremacy has an army. White supremacy has nuclear mm. bombs. Why, why, this is, we don't have this. So even, and then I feel, even if we do physically retaliate, the repercussion that's going to come back on us, like I said, with their weaponry and bioweaponry, what can we do? So it just makes me feel like I'm boxed in, and it just makes me feel like, do we even stand a chance? Is freedom and liberation at this point, does it even exist? Mm. I I felt that absolutely when I Mm -hmm. watched that video, and I looked at some others Mm -hmm. where there were onlookers, and even if we take the police out of it and just look at some of the videos that are of us fighting, and of us, you know, in um, violent or exchanges, people just act as if they're numb. I, yes. I, I actually wondered if they were afraid because there's one thing when you when it comes to say a police video where you see an officer with a gun or you see a troop of officers with guns, like anything that I saw in Ferguson, I totally was praying that nobody did anything out of the way because they had tanks. You know, I mean, it's like coming to a, a, a under a, a, a argument with a tank. Like that was just it was just too much. But when in this particular video that you showed me, there were people just lined out in the grass mm-hmm. that just watched right. this happen, and and my heart dropped because yeah. I didn't know what I wanted them to do, whether they should have done something, but the officer, I think, even was, you know, mm-hmm. reactionary. He, he he didn't even know what he had done and right. couldn't even explain it until he was covered. What exactly would we expect men in particular to do? Because there were men there. There were men in the video, right. and I, I don't know what I would have asked them to do uh, versus just being pre- – I don't know. I really don't know. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm saying I totally agree with everything you're saying, and it's just, I don't know, it just makes you feel like what is our next move as a people? And I know people keep saying, oh, you know, the revolution won't be televised, and I'm like, that's BS. Everything is televised. Our death is televised. The heinous things that we do to each other is televised. And and to even Mm -hmm. think about, like I said, when it comes back to the technologies that have been developed over time. We have to just get out of this mind frame of fear. And like Brother Umar Dula Johnson said, no matter even if we win the war or not, blood has to be shed to make a stand that we're willing to risk our lives for the future and betterment of our children. So, you know, we just have to prepare ourselves because it's not going to get any better. I feel like these videos are being released to, to further show how, 
how submissive we are and how still enslaved we are and how much an, an advantage, because I know I did a video, um, I didn't upload it on my wall, called Pick a Nigga, mm-hmm. where back in those days they used to publicize our murdering. What's the difference between that and these videos going viral for us to sit back and for racists to sit back and watch the killings of our people? There's absolutely no dis- di- difference. It's just a modernized day pick a nigga. That's what these videos are for the satisfactions of white supremacists and non and anybody who's against black people. Because I don't understand why these videos aren't flagged. Because if we're not doing anything to address these matters to get stuff done, then these videos should be taken down. Because what's the pleasure in watching watching black people die? I know I don't get pleasure out of it. And if we're not going to do nothing, why are we sharing it? Don't share it. Don't tell me about. It. Don't tag me in it. It, it. it messes with me, and I had to literally. Pick myself up because a brother invited me out to the mosque, and I said, you know what? I the best way for me to 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 try to get over the death because I feel it, and it's not just him. He's a reflection of everything that's been happening to us in general. That I said I have to keep fighting because I can't allow this energy that I do have to be lost in just depression and sadness. I have a right to feel that way. But still, I, if, mm-hmm. if I understand that this is wartime, then a soldier must stand on his square at all times. I have to take the mm-hmm. loss and I have to keep striving. And this is the way, but I don't like to feel like I'm a, like, I don't care. So I feel like I do need my moment to mourn. Because I don't like when black people mm-hmm. like, oh, that person died? All right, the next day. I'm like, you don't feel nothing? Right. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Right. We I think we mourn more when, um, when celebrities die, we, we mourn more when there's something tragic. Like, I mean, I, I saw more people comment, not to equate the comment or the, the share of the video to whether we care or not, but you're aware. The awareness is out there. It's not like, you know, people don't know. Um, yes. But we, we, we get excited and we get moved by some, some odd things, and I I, I did not think about this being uh, relatable to a public lynching because that's exactly what it was. It was a fear yeah. tactic. It was a way to uh, not only dehumanize you, but it was also just to put fear in you and to yeah. prevent you from getting out alive. And um, when I look at some of the statistics, I mean, I went back as far as I could go, went back to 2005, just the population yeah. of free black men, just free, mm-hmm. no problems with them, 18 to 24 was 1,896,000, and that was, mm-hmm. you know, the average. That was just the average uh, number of uh, what they did was put them in the polls. Persons that were newly registered to vote, 2005. But mm-hmm. of those 1 million men, 106,000 were in federal prison. Now, when they uh-huh. added just the federal, the federal prison along with Local prison, that number rose up to almost 200,000. And we're talking about prime, prime black men, 18 to 24 years old. So th- th- this is, the, this is the, 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 the most viral part of, I think, our extinction is to remove yeah. the, the, the viral part of our capability of reproducing away yeah. from the female. I looked right. up some, I, you know, and I don't know how this stuff happens to me. I've looked up 
uh, extinction. And, of course, when you put that word in, it always is related to the animal kingdom. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're, we're at the top of the chain, and some of the very things that you do to, that causes extinction in the animal kingdom is actually what's happening in our society, in our black culture, and and, and, and I'm going to share that with y'all in a little bit, but I want to go ahead and open up this other line that's here, 8007. Are you there? Can you hear me? 8007. 8007 is the last four digits of your phone number. Are you there? Can you hear me? I see you, and your line is open. If you would like to say I hear you. Are you there? Yes, yeah, I'm I mean, here. I, I hit you on mute. I apologize. That's okay. Did you have anything to add so far to the discussion? Okay, well, this is my uh, first time listening in. I was actually on Facebook, and uh, a sister was saying mm-hmm. to me to call tonight, so I said, let me just listen in. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad you all are talking about this. It's really important. And uh, I think uh, one of the things we really need to do is is nationally start boycotting all businesses that don't hire black folks, non-black businesses, yeah. and we need to start trying to pool our resources and get the most brilliant minds in our community to administer how we're going to do things as far as establishing businesses and stuff around the country, some type of farmland, homeschooling. I mean, we just really need to create our own economy and our own society some way because if we look at what's going on, I mean, we're being weeded out. Mm -hmm. Baby, yes. Workforce, labor force, I mean, everything. We're being weeded out. And it it really saddens me to see the videos. The one that you all were speaking about, Actually, I looked at it, and then every time I would see it again, tears would come to my eyes, and I would just like, I, I don't want to watch it again, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I have that same passion about this. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been putting a lot of uh, stuff on Facebook, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, uh, Claude Anderson, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Francis Wilson, and all those type of people. Just to throw stuff out there, hopefully our people would just – just take a moment to get away from the entertainment and, and try to absorb something that's uh, resourceful, yeah. something that has meaning. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, the very first cause of extinction is the monopoly of profit. When 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 something has the ability to make money, you can just about understand that someone's going to recognize that buying ability or that profitability, and you just said it, you just said it, money talks, bullshit walks, okay? We already Mm -hmm. know that. If you can make somebody move, you're going to make them move by money because they really don't care. You know, we're printing money every day that don't mean nothing. You know, money is supposed to be backed by gold, and we don't really have a lot, like other countries own us for real, but Right, because the majority of the world doesn't understand that money talks and money makes things happen. We are the most profitable group of people on the planet Earth. We we yes. buy more of everything from food to clothing to shelter to replaceable goods to fixed goods than anybody else. Any type of good or service that does not have uh, uh, standing capita, like it, it's transferred from one generation to the next, we buy. So we we buy 
but we don't buy and it stick. Like we don't have legacy of money like the Indians or like the uh, other uh, the Indonesians or the Chinese. When they buy, they buy things that uh, have such buying capability or have such uh, meaning that it actually can be legacy to the next generation and the next generation. And but if you want money that's going to be recycled and constantly given in, just sell it to the black people. And, and we okay. don't even recognize what we're doing. Um, did you have anything to say, Mom? And I feel like you have something to say. Oh, no, I'm listening to the information. I'm absorbing it. Okay. Okay. Because I don't want to. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, Dr. Claude Anderson talks about that a lot, about how we are consumers and our producers mm-hmm. and how in all other ethnic groups the money uh, it kind of rotates around the community six, seven, eight, nine times before it leaves. But with us, I mean, it don't even bounce one time. But the moment you get your check, you immediately go outside your community and purchase. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I, I don't and, get and I, it. I don't get it. And I, and I think go ahead. Another, another, another problem is, too, I mean, I don't know what your religious beliefs or anything are, but I, I see one of the biggest problems, too, is when you go in a black community, it can be all run down, but the best-looking structure is the black church. So, I mean, they are really yeah. doing, doing a number on us as well. And then something else that, that, that comes to mind that I heard, and it makes a lot of sense, as you think about it, they're also contributing to gentrification because they take all of the money out of the neighborhood and then they take it and put it in a white bank who turns around and takes that money, who lends it to developers who come in, push the people out, redevelop it for those with money, and now we're displaced. So they're part of gentrification as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna tell you, I am from the church. I was raised in the church. I do have love of church, and when I say church, I don't mean the institution that mm-hmm. is just a forefront. I I actually attend a church that is a uh, program. It's really like a program where you are able to come there and make some significant changes more than just to your spiritual person. It focuses on the spiritual person, but it also helps you be able to function and compete with your fellow man, whether that's a black man or a white man or Indian man right. or Asian man, whatever. That That is absolutely important. And I think that the the the, the way that we lost or the way we lost our way was by putting all of our expectations in an organization that is now just simply a business. I mean, it is profitable uh, right now. Actually, most uh, gospel singers right now are being positioned in a way that instead of coming out as just like a gospel singer, they become bishops and pastors now. Why? Because as a bishop and a pastor, you can become an entity, not just, say, Kirk Franklin. You can be Pastor Kirk Franklin. That can be an entity. And now you can draw money that's not really yours, but in the name of that entity, and you can charge more. You can charge more. I mean, it's it's all about business. Leandria was the last person that I saw who did this. Now, Leandria is one of the black uh, winners from uh, Sunday Fest. 
She's got a torrid history, and I think she's a beautiful, spirited person, but if she, she is very far from someone that I would follow because I think that she still has a long way to go before she has the ability to, to have people follow her. That's right. my opinion. I don't, I don't know the girl. But suddenly she became Pastor Leandria, whatever her last name is, and I was like, what is this about? Do a little research. Everybody's a pastor now because of the economic capabilities that can be profited from changing to an entity. And, you know, it's about money, you know, for some people. It has nothing to do. She has the total capability of showing black women how to come out of being homeless, living on the street, and using the gifts that are actually in you. And instead of doing that, she has found a nook and cranny of how she can make a little money and forget about the process because I think everybody's got something in them that they're supposed to use in order to uplift yourself and people just like you. I'm not saying you can't help white people. I'm not saying you can't help people that are of of a different race, but I think that everybody has something in them that they're supposed to do, and when you tap into it, it's it's just like what you were meant to do. It becomes a purpose, and I think that the church was just an it's like a hub where all of those gifts are supposed to come together, but instead people that are lost just go there expecting to be remade when it has to come from inside yourself. I don't know how you guys feel about um, the homeless. I want to bring in another point. The church is definitely there, and with the church it brings up the homosexuality that is mm-hmm. growing rampant, that I think is being co-signed by our society, but particularly to the African-American culture. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't want to talk about it. And, a lot, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't even know why people can't understand that if I'm straight that I'm not going to co-sign homosexuality. Like, that's what that means to me. It doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean that I can't be friends with you. It doesn't mean we can't have a conversation. But the thing about it is is that what you do in your bedroom is grossly different from what I believe should be happening. So why why is it we're giving um, our black boys a, a pass at being effeminate? And 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 co-signing these relationships of being gay. Anybody want to speak on that? Because that to me is one of the growing prevalences, and they want to blame it on us black mamas who have either lost our husbands or don't have husbands, mm-hmm. or you know that we're just you know. But I never, I don't know one homosexual boy whose mom told him to get in the bed with another boy. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Anybody? No, we, we did it with the uh, black male emasculation. That's what's going on. Because it, mm-hmm. it's, it's still part of genocide. Because, I mean, you're going to take the black men, you lock them up, they can't reproduce, you kill them, they can't reproduce, and then you turn them into homosexual. They no longer desire women, they desire men. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, that, that's the national agenda. I mean, if you just pay attention to the little bit of television that I hope you watch. Uh, every mm-hmm. once in a while, you see these videos that's uh, knocking on the door of homosexuality and promoting it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just look commercials, television shows, and then and then one of the worst things is, is our so-called hip hop community. They're not doing anything to help these young people. They're just dumbing down the nation and leading them to the slaughter. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, for me, most of the time when we talk about homosexuality, I see, I feel that we're mostly addressing the men being feminized as opposed to, you know, lesbianism, because I guess a majority of us feel like these are women that, you know, have been hurt and are just playing the lesbian card, but they're really not lesbian. And plus, it's not uh-huh. hard for a female that's playing around with a girl to go back to, a, you know, go back to being hetero as opposed to a gay man because the feminine traits and just the thought of him being penetrated or doing things with another man, what real woman would accept that if he was to revert back to heterosexuality. Um, yeah, I look at things on a deeper level. I feel black women that bring forth sons, I think that, it, from my opinion, I think they're purposely feminizing black men because society has shown them um, that homosexuality men, um, they're more disciplined and they're more successful. When I was watching mm. a show called Color Girl, I meant the, the, about light-skinned girls, the colorism between the blacks, mm-hmm. the, I mean the black, you know, light skin versus dark skin. When they was talking mm-hmm. about how black women for um, the, to make sure that their offspring survive, they said they purposely mixed their seed. And they didn't say they didn't do it to the point to make them totally white, but just to get them light enough so they can get by. So I said to myself, how do we know that this is not another survival tactic where their sons can live? They didn't want them to turn into a statistical thug and wind up in jail. The way you see homosexual men through propaganda is successful, right? That's what we're bombarded Uh with. And then a black Uh woman, right? We feel like we're losing our men to interracial dating. So Uh what's the best way to have a man if you can't have him physically? Then you can have him as your homegirl. Like, we got to start looking at these things on a deeper level than what's on the surface, and I do feel to a certain extent that the reason why homosexuality is getting um, out of hand with our boys is because I feel black women are purposely doing it because the way that they're just so open, I accept my son, he's gay. I'm like, whoa, you're not even going to – I'm not saying to come up against your child because I love my child no matter Mm -hmm. what her sexuality is. I would never tell somebody to disown your child or stop loving him. First of all, I love my people, but we have to understand Mm -hmm. when things are just unnatural. And this is something, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying homosexuality never existed in us, but I believe that it was something rare and not to this extent. So we have to understand that we have to consider the fact that we are an attacked people. So we have to ask ourselves, Mm -hmm. are you truly homosexual or was you programmed Mm -hmm. or something was done to you? Because I think when mm-hmm. I ask brothers and sisters who indulge in homosexuality, the first question I ask is what happened. Right. So, you know, right. a lot of people, you know, get offended, but I do believe something has happened. Do Are some mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, quote, unquote, naturally gay, maybe from birth? I don't know. I don't attest to that. If so, mm-hmm. I feel that the people that have gone through something like molestation, I just feel like within the homosexuality mm-hmm. community, they need to decipher within their own group, like, what happened to you to make sure that these are not people that are just retaliating on the opposite sex because something was done to them. They need to find out, was you naturally born this way or was you hurt? You see what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. I, 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 I look at things from many different angles. I, I definitely will go back to the brothers pick uh, choosing outside of their race, but with regard right. to homosexuality, I had a sister yeah. on here on the show, and she 
she got, I met her through Facebook again, and she said she was a reformed lesbian. I was like, oh, I didn't know they did that. I thought uh-huh. that either I didn't. I thought that you are what you are, and then you decide who you're gonna get in bed with as a person that's going to determine. You know, I am a lesbian or I am a homosexual. Well, I find that the same truth of what you just said is that something right. usually has deterred them from the natural order of man mm-hmm. and woman. And yes. she admitted that she had been um, an early bloomer who ended up being molested by uh, two different family members. Nobody believed her, and she just had an aversion for men, uh, was warmed into the arms of a uh, woman, mm-hmm. and lived in that way because that was what was comfortable for her. And yeah. until she faced the people who helped support her uh, being outside of what she was meant to be, and she says she knew the whole time. Now, of course, she can't speak for everyone, but yes. I am of the mindset that there's a difference between what you are meant to be, who you are meant to be, and what you choose to participate in, because I have right. chosen to get in the bed with a man that was not my <laughs> husband. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, I, I chose that. And that's not that's not what it was supposed to be, but that's what happened. So I can't yes. discount that someone could be attracted to another person, but there's absolutely I don't. And, and from a medical standpoint, working with people who have behavioral issues, nine out of ten times something has altered what naturally would have occurred. If it's not a physical happening or an actual happening, it's a biological happening. And that is right. that's very much probable, but to promote this misunion, uh, because it's not, I don't care that we are human beings and we are the only kingdom of, of being that believes in monogamy and believes in um, heterosexual activity, that there are some mm-hmm. animals who decide to hump on the same. Okay, that's great. That's a lot of anything that can happen will happen if you allow it, but it will stop if you stop getting past to it. And right. I was shocked that this new show on um, that is related to African Americans' empire, which actually comes on on Wednesdays yeah. during my show, has a, a homosexual uh, thread in it. And I thought for sure, I was so sure, I said, oh, my God, these guys are going to stop watching this show. And damn it, if more men didn't want, didn't who claimed to be heterosexual need proof that that's what was the show was about, started to watch it. The same thing happened with um, – the show where uh, the girl is sleeping with the president. I don't watch all of those scandal. shows. There was a scandal. Scandal had this torrid affair between two homosexual men, scenes in the bed. I was so sure that black men in particular would not watch this, but I was so wrong. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, I'm, that ain't my business. I'm not going to talk about it, but I just... I, I'm confused at why we're so passive because that's not something to be afraid of if you're not, of right. course, being threatened and you're an adult. You have the right to say yes or no. You're not under any type of duress. So I'm not understanding why heterosexual men can't just say this is absolutely not 
Right. And actually, one of the other introductions to the cause of extinction is to introduce a, a, a difference in morality in a species or the basic fabric of that person or being or situation is, is, is introduced with something brand new. That's exactly what this is, is happening, I think, in the black community because I'm not saying black people are immune to being gay. But I have never seen so many gay black women and men in my life. I mean, it was just not like you might heard. You might have had like that fifteenth aunt that you heard, like women, or the the man on the corner in the community who like boys. But every family now, there is a brand new person. I'm talking about born in the 1990s, born in the mm-hmm. 2000s, who they're gay. They're, and I mm-hmm. think that that's purposeful because gay people cannot make babies. They cannot. It won't happen. And the option now is that the black children who are for adoption, particularly the highest adopted rate of child is a, is a black boy, he's usually adopted by a gay family. Did you know mm-hmm. that? Did you did you know that, know that there are more there are more and more of our children who are being um adopted by non African American families for one, but for two by mm-hmm. gay families. Anybody yeah. have any uh anybody have anything to say to that? Well, I, I have a few things to say to it. Uh uh here in Houston, Texas. Here in Houston, Texas, where I live, I own a limousine service, and one of my best-paying clients happened to be a gay couple, two white men. And that's what you said. They have adopted two black boys. Mm -hmm. And I'm really saddened, and I really want to cut my relations with them. I mean, money is Mm -hmm. something that we need to do a lot of things, but... I don't think it'll hurt me to the point that it'll drive me out of business to just turn them loose mm-hmm. because I was right. talking to a friend of mine about this, <laughs> and I think you said that a lady called and said she was a recovering lesbian, a reformed mm-hmm. lesbian. Mm-hmm. Well, I met, met a, a brother, and uh, come to find out, he was a reformed homosexual. And mm-hmm. I just said to myself, I don't think you're reformed. I think you're just taking a break. But anyway, <laughs> he... He told me, he said, it's every gay man's agenda to turn a straight man gay. That's just what he told me. He said, that's the, he said, that's the mentality. So I had to almost just accept it coming from him because that's what he used to do. And uh-huh. back to my, uh-huh. my clients that I show for around here in Houston, I noticed they kiss these boys in the mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's really sad. And, uh, and, and I'm gonna tell you, gonna, you out your yeah. you out your mind if you think that. I mean, I I don't know what that family does, but mm-hmm. it's crazy if you think it does not change what those boys think of normalcy. It is right. what they see. It's what feeds them. It's what shelters them. It's what makes them feel better when they are hurt emotionally or physically. So, in essence, it's approved without even being addressed. 
So I I I I don't see why. You know, I hate to say cut your ties with regard to that. I think that right. you can disagree uh, with the, a lifestyle, but absolutely right. what you're so into, you know, you kind of promote. I, I don't know what to tell you about that because I, right. I, I, I don't have any. I have one friend who he is gay. I know his circumstances. And we don't socialize because I, I would feel uncomfortable and I would feel hypocritical to promote that lifestyle because I just don't think it's right. I just don't. But they're, they're getting ready like. to. Mm-hmm. Now, you say they're getting ready to do something. They're getting ready to uh, have a baby, two, two men. Oh. I, actually, I actually work with. I don't I don't actually work in the same area but I know this guy and I knew he was very feminine and one of my girlfriends uh was tell, talking to him one day and she said he had a son I was like, "Ooh, I thought he was gay." She said, "Oh, he is gay. They just adopted a little boy." A what? And I'm like, "A little boy, a, a black male couple <laughs> and to, and the other thing is it's like it's not even that I think that love isn't love isn't love because I'm not talking about love. I'm talking That's about right. lifestyle and legacy. I'm talking about lifestyle and legacy. It's the same excuse that black men give when you ask them why they have to go outside of the black race to find a woman. They say, you can't help who you fall in love with. I didn't ask you about that. I'm just trying to understand what have you ever experienced same type of love with a sister, and then they're they're dumbfounded. It's the same. That's a cop out. Though. I have. Right. It is a cop out. A, it is. Yeah, Go ahead. You, you, you could control. You could control who you fall in love with. That's just a cop out. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's all. That, that's mm-hmm. all that is. I, I, seriously. Well, this is why we got to <laughs> stop having so many children outside of mm-hmm. quote unquote wedlock. Because a lot of these mm-hmm. children that are being adopted are by women, obviously, who can't afford them or got a big mm-hmm. payoff or they're being stolen from the Caribbean or Africa. So there's many different mm-hmm. dynamics that we can look into. Because I remember I was watching 2020 of the so-called international adoption agencies, which are very crooked and flawed, and they steal people's mm-hmm. babies. So I don't think mm-hmm. that a, a, a lot of these um, black nations can well, as we can see on TV, they don't. We as a people globally don't really accept homosexuality. So, for mm-hmm. even an adoption agency represented by that country to just freely give these children away without the concerns or, or the morals that's going to be instilled with them. Normally, with ad- adoption agencies, they seek out the best potential parents. Obviously, in the case mm-hmm. of a black child, you can go to any goddamn guy. You can go to a pedophile, and our children are being sold mm-hmm. into slavery, slaves sex slaves, mm-hmm. we don't know the extent of what's happening. And this is why us in America, who the, everybody keeps saying, like, we have more, um, we're more, like, we have knowledge more accessible to us. We need to get laws passed where we make it mandated that we're in charge of the adoption agency and we're the ones who evaluates the parents. Because I'm a child from foster care, and I know mm-hmm. firsthand they don't care where they put niggas. I lived with crackheads. I lived with people that didn't even take care of me and my sister. And they didn't come and evaluate the situation or nothing. So, I mean, I've never been adopted, but what I'm saying is that a lot of people see adopting children as a big 
payoff. They get checks. Mm-hmm. This is a money business. This is a this is money. This is not about people mm-hmm. who sincerely care about having children. And I feel homosexual homosexuals only want children because they want to say I could do what heterosexuals do. Because in your exactly. lifestyle, without outside scientific help, with if y'all use your sperm to artificially inseminate a woman, there's no way mm-hmm. in heck you can reproduce. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you chosen a lifestyle that exempts you naturally from doing it, why mm-hmm. why do you why do you care about being fathers or moms when you you mm-hmm. made your choice? How are you going to say mm-hmm. love is all that matters when you grew up wanting or yearning the dynamic of a mother and a father? Now, as a people, mm-hmm. we can't. Okay, right now we can't stop this. So what can we say to our heteros? I mean, our homosexual brothers and sisters who are adopting. The most that I can say is any of them who are listening and feel like, oh, I'm appalled at what they're saying. I'm just trying to get understanding. If I could ever have mm-hmm. a message to brothers and sisters who are adopting our children. Um, can they please allow the opposite sex or at least have heterosexual counterparts in that child's life because children mm-hmm. need a representation of the man and female. So please don't mm-hmm. be biased or feel like you're retaliating against heteros and saying two men can raise a daughter or two men can raise a son. No, you still need that other aspect. So I hope that they would consider it, that. I think it's hard enough. Uh, to do it in a traditional home. It's ex- right. excessively hard for a man and a woman. And I think, I, I hate to sound like I'm just chiming off of everything you say, but I think it's true. I think that that's the reason why they want marriage. I think it's the reason why they want children. Right. I think it's the reason why they want insurance to be the same. And the thing is, I work in insurance, too, and there, mm-hmm. there have always been insurance available for homosexuals, so they can stop telling that lie. There has always been a recognition of a home where there are two of the same-sex persons for any right. anything else, but you cannot force this sameness when it is not the same. I mean, I think if it took right. a man and a woman to make this thing come together, it's going to in and of itself for it to work for it at, at its best effort. A man, two men can't do nothing that a woman and a man can do. It's just it's just That's not. Right. It just doesn't even go together. And I'm not saying that you need to just get out to bed with somebody. Do whatever you want to do. I just right. don't feel like don't it, the the thing that burns me the best. I guess I'm on the soapbox. The thing <laughs> that burns me the best is when they equate that to being African American. What mm. you do in your bedroom is a choice. Don't nobody pour no penis over into you, and don't nobody pour no uh, uh, vagina on top of you. It is a choice that that coming together and that union occurs. Okay. Yes. When you are black, ain't shit I can do about changing that. That's just what I am. That is who I am. I can't make it any blacker. I can't make it any whiter. I can't make mm-hmm. it. I can't try to even fool anybody in this day and time that I'm not exactly what I am. Now, I can talk different. I can dress different. I can extend my head all down to my back. But in essence, I am still a black woman. And I think that all of this, I need to have marriage license. I need to be able to get married. I need to be able to adopt children. I need the same thing that heterosexuals uh, get to have. It's not going to change that you're, you're choosing to have a sexual relationship with the same sex. And that mm-hmm. is not how it was meant to be. Do 
say it's the same because it's not. Now, I'm going to shut up about that because I just have issue with um, sexuality because it is a choice. Sexuality is a choice. I'm not talking about children who have been raped. I'm not talking about anybody whose choice has been taken from them. I'm talking about an adult person of age who makes the conscious choice to be with someone of the same sex. And I think my male caller is absolutely correct when he says that the intention a lot of the times, not with everybody, is to change a straight person to whatever they are. I posted a picture of a beautiful, what she called herself was a trainee, a transsexual, mm-hmm. which means to me that this was a female-looking body with a penis whose yeah. intention is to make men, whether they're straight or not, to believe that they are a woman. And right. more than not, this is what is being practiced by African-American men. I don't get it. I don't get it because I, I know that at a point there was very uh, big of a movement of just being gay but still just being feminine and gay but a man, right. dressing like a man, being a man. But there's this new trend of black men in particular being trainee-like. They're in transition to look yeah. like women. And they're set for purpose to trick straight men into being with them. I mean, yes. every time you look around at Scandal, I think Eddie Long Scandal came out of something very similar. Um, one of the uh, DJs out of New York, really big, you know, guy who yeah, was good at his craft. Yes, he was good in his craft, but he had an affinity for men and I don't think that it's a coincidence that it's happening in such a way because it's always in, um, you know, I don't think that it's like the focus of when people talk about homosexuality, but uh, this whole fashion, you know, I'm insulted because I am a woman. I have a vagina and breasts. I have always had them, okay? I am a 100% female black woman. And for mm-hmm. some man to think that putting eyelashes on and um, covering right. his face and contouring his nose and wearing dresses that's tight and painting his nails makes him a woman is insulting, and very much more so when it is a man of color. How does that make? I mean, I don't. I know how I feel about it. Some women don't right. have a problem with it. Uh, Melanie, how do you feel about it? Because you know, some black women say, oh, you know, don't bother me. Um. The only reason why I would have to say it bothers me is because when they're doing, I just don't like when they're getting they get in their little powwows and the way they address women, like calling us fish and stuff like that. So my problem mm-hmm. lies where how are you going to crucify the same thing that you pray every day you can wake up and be? I don't mm-hmm. like the attitude of certain transgender genders or trannies. I feel like the way they conduct themselves is a, just a misrepresentation of the black woman. And I feel like they're mimicking this ghetto-ness, and then people are writing it off, oh, that's the black woman's attitude. Um, right. I, I'm only upset at what they're doing and how they're going about it because a lot of them are being dishonest, 
And I told a lot of black men, y'all need to start, if somebody doesn't have a child already, y'all need to start asking for birth certificates because it's getting that real. I saw some trannies that if you're not in tune with self where you can pick up on energy with something and you say, wait, take another look at that, you're not going to pick it up because you're not in tune or maybe you're just so perverted and random on having sex that uh-huh. you're not paying attention to the telltale size of that's a man, like looking at the hands, like the shoulders. If you're a man that truly loves a woman, you should be able to pick up that's a man. There's, there's but so much surgery one yep. can do to themselves yep. to erase exactly. the man exactly. and, you know, stuff. But you know what they're exactly. doing now? I watched another documentary is that a child can attest to as young as 10 before puberty sets uh-huh. in that they're transgender and they'll start injecting them with hormones to postpone their their puberty into, you know, when you change into adulthood. So that's uh-huh. tricky as well because if they're blocking, you know, the broad shoulders and the big feet coming in and they're they're uh-huh. getting them now while they're young. So the most that I can say is that if a trans if a black transgender which I don't even like using that term because I just feel like you you guys are a man and when we get into oh I'm a special woman I'm a just you're nowhere near woman you don't but outside of <laughs> your feelings no seriously outside of your feelings you're not nothing like a woman you don't have the double X chromosome you don't have a pelvis you don't bring forth life I'm tired of going on mm-hmm. homosexual posts where they're like oh well certain people can't have babies first of all the highest race of people who can't are infertile are white women. Don't come over here to mm-hmm. black women. We have babies. And if and if we aren't, mm-hmm. maybe something happened because it's stuff that mm-hmm. we eat in the fly boy to be attacked us on our ovaries. But other than that, we're the original woman. So we're mm-hmm. very fruitful and fertile. So I never seen a black woman mm-hmm. having a problem popping out no babies. So I don't know where they get their statistics from. But please break it down by race of who you're talking to when it comes to infertility. So, you know, they try to compare. But, see, the thing is they always compare themselves to unnatural things and birth defects. So I'm saying, indirectly, are you trying to say you're a birth defect? Are you confessing that you're unnatural? Because naturally a woman's <laughs> supposed to be able to produce. So what you're telling me right. is you're in some what you're attesting to or you you co signing something unnatural. They don't even know how to think on a higher level. But if you're gonna uh-huh. imitate a woman, the most that I would say to the transgender com- black community is please conduct yourself in a proper manner and be the best lady like that you could be, and if you have nobody to imitate, please imitate Claire Huxtable. Because mm. mm. I mean, don't That's don't one. come out here misrepresenting us. You see what I'm saying? They out here mm-hmm. loud and belligerent, and now black women with the makeup, they're mimicking transsexuals. Black exactly. women never used to be loud, snapping their fingers. That was never black women. We had dignity, pride. You know, black. Like, homosexual men, you know, now they transgender, the ones that was trannies, because they didn't, I guess, have the operations that they have now. Trannies, you know, they always had to be over the top because they had to compensate that they're not naturally feminine. So they have to act. So, you know, when they're over the top and the rolling of the eyes, that doesn't represent a woman. That represents somebody imitating a woman, and they have to compensate for the testosterone that's naturally being pumped throughout their body. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Sorry, the only problem. Conduct yourself Yes, you probably don't want to. What was the sister name that just finished speaking? Who me? That's Miss. That's Queen Melanin, honey. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. I think I just saw a friend on Facebook. Uh, yes. Okay. Cool. 
Yeah, I think she, if it's the same sister, she said she wouldn't frame me without a picture, so I sent her a picture of me and a Oh, Dwight yeah, Howard. yes, yes. I knew when you said limo solos, I was like, I wonder if that's the brother that inboxed me yesterday, but I'm not going to put him yeah. on the live. <laughs> no. Oh, man, this is great. Did I get a chance to, to, to actually kind of just talk with you on the phone. Okay, good, wonderful. As usual, there's more sisters like you down here in Houston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I wish we had more sisters like you here in Houston. I talk about you all the time. Oh, thank you so much. Well, hey, oh, y'all can get a little powwow, and hopefully, hey, send a sister out there that I come out there and speak. I tell everybody, hey, you oh. like me? Just get a little powwow and ship me out there. I have no problems uh-huh. traveling and speaking and uh-huh. reaching out and to my people. But, um, you know, the one thing I want to say is about this whole subject matter is that mm-hmm. I'm just for black people's liberation and I feel like uh, those these topics are serious matters, but we can't address uh-huh. none of these issues until we have our own black nation to where we can decipher uh-huh. what's, what we feel as a people is morally right and wrong. Right now we're living uh-huh. under a totally different system, and the only thing I want my homosexual brothers and sisters to know is that I really want us to come together as one because we're not going to always have the same beliefs and outlooks, but I do love my people. And right now, even though I'm speaking because I have a different outlook and perspective on the way a child should be raised or the way the family structure is, which is man, woman, and child, the Holy Trinity, I don't want them to misconstrue my words and perception as if I don't. I understand that we're a loving people. And I'm not saying uh-huh. that you're not curious to be a parent, but this is just my perspective and I just want uh-huh. my homo brothers, homo homosexual brothers and sisters to know that I love them and we're all in the same struggle. And don't get so uh-huh. mad and uptight at how other brothers and sisters feel because we're just speaking uh-huh. what's on our mind and on our hearts. And if we truly love uh-huh. each other, let's connect on what we agree on, and that's just black liberation. Mm-hmm. See that that's the sure. essence of this entire talk. The 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 and y'all are walking this down like we practice this because the next part of extinction mm-hmm. is the destruction of the home. Uh, the example in this little article was talking about the an ant bed. How if you just chop the top off of it, it has to have its covering. It has to have its lead and its head top in order for them to continue to do the work of that particular ant bed. And the same is true with the black uh, society. We, we're not trying to separate ourselves any further than we already are. We're separated right. by skin tone, by sexuality, by religion, by a lot of other things. But the common th- Red between us is that we're black. Okay, let's That's just right. say, let's stick right there. Like one of the things that I think, and this is just me personally, I don't have any statistics to prove this. One of the things that was just not going to happen in most black homes is that you were just going to throw the child out to fend for themselves, even when they were mm-hmm. absolutely wrong. We will house the crackhead. We will take care of the badass child. We would take care of them because that's that's our family. We have yes. to love each other past the differences that we have for the greater good. Because if you can't love your own, ain't nobody right. else going to love you like your own family. I don't care what society wants to play. I don't care how much right. love you say you find in other societies, how much better the women or how much better the men are in other societies. The essence of who you are was made by what you're rejecting. And when you start right. to reject self, there's no way that that can be whole. When you tear up the home, you're halfway there. 
you're almost at the point of extinction because when the, the child, the prodigal son, say, for instance, doesn't have anywhere to come back home, after they cut the book, they should always be able to come back home. That's one thing that I think is very unique uh, with the black family or used to be very unique with the black family. Even with college, going off to college, if things don't work out, if you don't get the job that you're expecting, if you're not able to take care of the home, you always were able to come back to where yeah. you came from. And unfortunately, Africa is not going to take us, okay, because we have messed up. We are too Americanized. We are too uh, much like some other type of people, and we don't even know yeah. who we are ourselves. So we have to make where we are home, and that means keeping the door open for the people who look just like you. Anybody want to expound on that part, uh, Mr. Man from Houston, I think, from there. <laughs> Uh, well, I agree with some of that, but I tell you, some of us, you can't open the doors and let them in. I mean, I have a brother, he goes to jail at least seven times out of the year, and oh. if you leave him in the house and come back, you're going to come <laughs> back, and it's going to look like it looked when you moved in before they burn your furniture. <laughs> now, I understand, but see, that's not unique to black people. That's not unique to any race of people. But what is or used to be, I'm not saying open up open up your home to a criminal. I'm not talking about literally. I'm talking about when the person needs help, you need to consistently be able to give them what they need. And if it's no, you cannot come in my house because the last time you was here you stole, that's coming home. That's coming home. I'm, I'm not saying be a fool because the last thing even the Caucasian people do, baby, you burn them one time with some money and some stuff, and, baby, you is out of there. You ain't even in the wheel. So I'm not saying be ignorant. I'm saying right. at least give chance to your people because nobody else really will. Ain't nobody going to love right. you like a black person going to love you and you black. That's it's right. just not going to happen. It's not. It's not going to be there because it, the understanding is not there. And the last point is in uh, any type of extinction is to pollute whatever is left over. Whatever whatever did still stick. If you got a few little uh, bears and tigers still left that you're trying to extinct, you got to pollute them. And the pollutants, I think, is where we are. We have drugs, we have alcohol, we have sexual, we have disease. Those things are like the greatest influence, I think, besides the homosexuality, besides uh, men deciding to marry outside of the home and have children who are not you know, I don't want to say authentically black, but who are not full black. I think that the issue comes in when we introduce things right in the all-black home, like drugs, like violence, like alcohol and, and sexual disease. Why are we so hung up on sex? Like, we didn't have, I know we were first, but we didn't invent <laughs> sex. Like, it's like we just can't get over titties. And, and as I posted a picture that I just saw in another page, and mm-hmm. I am one that I, I do like being feminine. I do like the, the, the curvaceousness of a black woman. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that any man that is black, that is a all-black man who doesn't, is not able to articulate that, I got a problem with him because I think that's the major difference between just physicalities between black women and every other type of woman in the world. Our lips, our hips, our thighs, our breasts, like we we never were about this six-pack in our stomach. I don't know what 
what is sexy about that? Because like I don't, I'm not, um, I'm a, I'm a size 18, and I'm probably gonna die size 18 or maybe even a 20. I'm just a big girl. I'm a big girl, and I know that. And I would love to lose maybe 20, 30 pounds, but to have a washboard, I ain't never wanted that. I don't want that. Right. And all of a sudden now, our black man wants this woman that you can iron clothes on her stomach, but they still want to sit a cup on her ass. You tell mm-hmm. me where that comes from. It's like Kim Kardashian's whole <laughs> makeup is from another ethnicity of person. Um, right. This bald-headed girl that I see everywhere, every time I turn around on something on social media, she is uh, on social media. She's on every black show, every black uh, blog, and she's, as Caucasian as they come. Um, but she herself, she was raised and born in a in a community of, of ethnicity that was black. Uh, she was married to Wiz Khalifa. Amber Rose. Amber Rose. If you read her story, her, her parents were absolutely against anything that was darker than a paper bag. If he was going to be black, if he was going to be black, he had to be the fairest black skin person in the world. And none of her family even came to their wedding. And a part of why she's not with him today, she says, is because he represented something different. She said the reason why she was so well received in her family is because her mother purposely, you know, had a child with this white man so that they could have her, have this fair skin. You know, mm-hmm. mulatto child, which is not in their eyes black at all, and is like celebrated. But she's vivacious. Mm-hmm. She's got all the swag. She does all of the that her sister does, but she just happens to have blue eyes, blonde hair, that proves that she's not, you know, African American. And I, I'm trying to understand how we and, and and she's good with her uh, man smoking she's good with her man you know being all you know sexually uh promiscuous she's good with him being able to smoke a little reefer every now and then and it pollutes and and, that, and when people are seen after that type of union it's almost like a past that that's okay for hours and right. that's not that's the end when when you start being okay <laughs> When you start being okay with your man being high as a kite just on the weekend and drunk the rest of the time, like you, you lost it. There, there is no family, there is no community, there is no legacy. We're just waiting for the breakup and the children to be again removed from the father. Does anybody have anything to chime in with regard to this? Because I think, I don't know what this is about weed. I've never done weed. I don't plan on Uh ever doing weed. But I had a show about reefer, and I had more people say that it just needs to be legalized because it's it's from the earth. Well, hell, it's a lot of stuff from the earth. Ain't nobody smoking no poison ivy. It's a lot of stuff that, you know, is not good for us, but we're giving it a pass. Why? Well, you see what's going on with this marijuana thing is all of these years, for what, 40-something years, black men been locked up for this stuff. So now that it has become a problem in the white community, 
they can't lock all those white boys up. So they say, let's just legalize it. That way they don't get in trouble for it. Mainly that's what's going on, and they're getting ready to make multi-millions off of it after we've been locked up in prison for years behind it. Mm. And do you know that if the government has the authority over it, which they will, they will have the authority over it, they have the ability to add whatever they would like to it, that's you know, right. like right now, if you have certain types of, of uh, like in California and the other state that's legalized, there are certain um, ways that you are okay to grow it. It's not the amount so much as what you're actually putting in it to grow it. Well, that, mm-hmm. you know, those defining factors will not be something that the government will have to abide by. They already do different stuff. Like some of the things that they do even for their troops, they require that they test certain things and, and do certain things. It's, it's a chance that some of this stuff is going to be lethal, and it's a chance yeah. that somebody's going to have a wrong reaction, and it's just going to be, uh-oh, that we can't use that much. And they're going to use chemicals. If if, if you don't know by now, that's what they, that's what they do. The the drug company yeah, gonna, and the government is in bed. It has been in bed forever, and they always will be. Yeah, the, that's pharmaceuticals right. and the, yeah, mm-hmm. the pharmaceuticals and Go the ahead. tobacco companies are, are going to govern mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. They said since we have made such an uproar about smoking and cancer, we're going to introduce something that's supposedly natural. But instead of letting people grow it themselves, we're going to let it be governed by the states. But the government is going to tell you under what conditions you can grow it. So you might not be able to get the Bombay, the strong, strong right here in Alabama. You might have to go across the border to get something else. But you don't know what has been allowed in the growing of that particular batch versus another, and people are just smoking it up like it's just so cool. It's so cool. Even the hookers, the hookers, which are just free smoke, non-tobacco, you know, they've even had, that's been out probably, I would say, about two or three years to my knowledge. They haven't even done a full year of study, and some people have carcinogens growing in their lungs just from this free aromatic smoke. It's not even something as toxic, supposedly, as like a cigarette or uh, marijuana because it's just an herb that's being burned like an incense, but you're taking it into your body. And it becomes a fad, and every little hub and pub here in Birmingham has a hookah corner, and black people are eating it up, eating it up, and I don't know what we can do about it. Right. What do you all th- what do you all think we need to first focus on um to heal our uh black family? Let's start wow. with uh um you melanin. You said what's the first step that we can do to uh restore the black family, right? Yes. Yes, I think the first step is that there should be some mandatory counseling. I feel a lot of us have been, okay, I feel a lot of us throughout childhood, especially the era of the 70s, which I like to talk about all the time on shows, is that that was the nuclear bomb that was dropped on this generation, and the black family was essentially destroyed. And I feel because of the letdown of our parents and the guidance that we didn't have, we are 
we are, I would have to say we are behind when it comes to maturity and developing and coming into woman and manhood. And I think that's the biggest discrepancy that we have is that we have such this big uh, burden of pain and hurt and letdown just from, from starting from our family and maybe family members that wasn't there to support us while our mothers and fathers was on drugs. And we have abandonment issues. And I feel once we have a safe haven of releasing this hurt that we're carrying on into each and, you know, the next year in a new situation, that with all this pain and hurt, this is what we're giving to each other. And I feel like that's the biggest hindrance between the black man and the black woman where we come into union. But when we, Look into interracial dating, we feel like they are a breath of fresh air. They don't represent a person that has hurt me. When we look back on our life, who has hurt us? Who have we fought? People that look like us. And that's why I feel like when we say, oh, sisters are nicer with brothers, or brothers are nicer, I mean, brothers and sisters are nicer when they with a quote unquote white man or white woman, it's because in their mind, these people never hurted them. So they can truly be themselves and come from a place of love. But when you're with your own, you got to have your guards up. you got to feel like, are you going to hurt me? Are you going to lie to me? Are you going to beat me? Are you against me? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if we had just open availability of brothers and sisters who are dedicated to counseling and maybe psychology from an African perspective like Brother Uma Abdullah Johnson, we mm-hmm. have to work through sure. this healing so we can mm-hmm. get into go into courtingship with a clear mind, a healthy mind, a mind, body, and spirit, that needs to be addressed first. Mm-hmm. And if we can get Umar on this show, Lord Jesus, I'm going to pass out. First of all, because I got a little crush on him. I got a man crush on him. Uh-oh. Second. He's tall. He's tall and big, too. You would like him. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, well, that's, that's totally. That's another show. <laughs> yes, yes. That's another show. Yes. The lust for Umar. <laughs> But yes, I tell you, yes. I tell you what, we uh, I I have one of the brothers here, Mox Forty Five. He actually brings in people like Umar, Claude Anderson, uh, mm-hmm. Francis Welton, uh, Dick Gregory. So, I was going to ask mm-hmm. him to tell Melanie too. I will give her his information so she can contact mm-hmm. him because he brings in all of these people to Houston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Umar Johnson just left last year. He was here. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I can probably get him, you what, know, somehow get him on the show. Yes. What do, What do you have to say would help? Because I think I I, I don't, don't want to forget to say this. So I'm gonna say it right quick. I think that this type of dialogue right here happens so easily with us. Period. Like yes. when it's pure, when it's black people, like you don't have to, you don't have to make this type of. Uh, Sisterhood, brotherhood, and family happen. It just naturally does, but it's interrupted because so many other things are in between us. But um, and I hate to keep calling you Mr. Mail Caller from Texas because you never said your name. Um, but what do you think we can do to start to heal as a black community, as a black family? Well, coming from a male perspective, I think I think the black man. I think we need to get our priorities in check. Mm. I think uh, I think a lot of us have strayed away, you know, looking for an easier way out than to stay home and deal with the responsibilities that we created. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's kind of like Sister Melanie was saying, you know, you find it easier to be with someone of another race because you say, well, they've never hurt me. 
Right. Stuff like that. So, and I'm not to just say too much, but I really think we need to just come back home and deal with the uh, responsibilities that we have because if not, you're like a straight dog. You're constantly running around out there creating responsibilities, but you're not being responsible for them. And uh, oh. talking about Umar Johnson again, I was listening to some, because I, all I do is look at the uh, YouTube videos most of the time when I have downtime. That's what I do. And, uh, <clears throat> He was saying the reason why we don't get any respect, one of the reasons is because, like you were saying earlier, is that Africa don't claim us. Africa Mm -hmm. don't want us, but we don't have a country to back us. Everybody else got a country to back them. If if there's a problem with how America is treating the Chinese, the Chinese government in that country is going to come down on the U.S., and they're going to make some demands, get it right. Uh, right. This, uh, uh-huh. European, it's going to be the same thing, or you know, wherever they're from. But when it right. comes to black uh-huh. folks, we don't have that. That's why we are having a problem. We have it. We don't have representation. That's right. And, and the so-called black leaders that we, well, they think we got is Al Sharpton, but oh my God, no way possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's leading us to the slaughter, I believe. So. Okay. Just to say, I think the black man needs to be more responsible uh, for his responsibilities and, uh, and and keep it close to home. And uh, I think that that's that's a start right there because we got this. Uh, they they just say, oh, they don't care. They have babies all over the place. They just leave their women. And then these women got to go out here and fight for themselves and for these children. Yeah. She's out there fighting for herself, constantly fighting. So it, even me, at times I'm out, you know, I'll see, and I, I love to try to just stop and talk to sisters, but a lot of times the first thing she's like, what do you want, you know? And I'm like, you know what, don't have an attitude. I'm not even coming on to you. I just want to say I like the fact that you're natural. I like your hair. That's all I wanted to say to you, and I'll leave her alone. But it's just they've been so mistreated by black men that the moment you walk up to some of these sisters, I mean, she's already ready for you in a way that you don't want her to be ready. Baby, baby. See, you done already confirmed another show in my mind because I'm going to do that mad black woman because some of us are mad, but hell, some of us got a reason to be mad, but that's a whole other show. A little short commercial break, and of course, you know I'm going to get Empire with you. 2015 is a new year, so don't look old. Get a new look, a new you at Vamoose. Salon. Kegalure at Vermouth Salon specializes in making a basic look bang. Located at 703 3rd Avenue North Birmingham or call 205-234-2743 and ask for Kegalure. Tell her the Empress sent you. The Atlanta Mardi Gras Ball is returning once again. Saturday, February the 7th, 2015, to celebrate and pay homage to the Carnival's most popular tradition. From Mobile, Alabama to Atlanta, Georgia, let the good times roll. Text ATL Mardi Gras to 545454. Again, that's just text ATL Mardi Gras to 545454. It's a BYOB affair. Tell them the Empress sent you. Even though the Empire was born out of my personal experience and endeavors, the Empress welcomes everyone into the Empire. If you would like to be a guest, a co-host, or simply want to suggest a topic to be discussed, contact me by email at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. I'm here. I'm you. 
Baby, 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 it has been another wonderful show on the Empire tonight talking about black extinction. And, yeah, we talked about how we make the most money or we spend the most money. We could probably make the most money. We would just keep it. Uh, how we have been introduced with some things into our society and into our culture that has changed the fabric and the morality of who we are. And in that half, the home has been destroyed and further destroyed and separated by drugs, alcohol, sex, and disease. And my sister and brother here tonight actually just took me so easily through these four little steps of how you can become extinct. But the truth of the matter is, is we're not. We're still here. We are here, and yes, we're not going back to Africa, but what we can do is we can understand the places that we are in right now. We are actually here, and we're in positions in a way that can be empowering if if we would just stand up. Now, I understand that other cultures have people and countries and situations and cultures and money that can back them up, but damn it, they can't ignore us in the numbers that we are here but we have to have something to stand on. We have to have a platform that is just pre- purely basic. Yes, we're diverse and we're multicultural and we're multi-ethnic and we have multiple religious beliefs, but we're all black. That in and of itself is absolutely enough. It was enough for them to determine that we needed to be separated from everybody else, so it should also be used as a way to unify each other. Let me tell you about this leadership thing. Yeah, Al Sharpton needed to just first he needed to eat something because he's a little bit too small. Yeah, I know he had a health scare, but damn it, you too little. I don't like you being a little like your head is too big to me. It's making me a little bit nervous. That's one. But two, leadership is in you. Let me just say that a little bit slower. Every black woman and man that is conscious, and we I got two on the phone right here with me, and I got 15 listening, you're a leader. It just has to be an example, not just in words. Now, yeah, I'm the radio host and I talk a lot, but I walk the talk that I talk. See, it makes no difference if we say we don't like thoughts It makes no difference if we say we love our children. It makes no difference if we say we don't want to get shot in the street and we don't want to be uh, profiled if we live in a way that is profiling, if we act in a way that is thottish, if we function in a way that is the opposite of what we say. So we can all lead each other. We don't have to have this mecca or this, uh, Hussein or whoever we want to say is the lead of us to tell us what to do. We've been led for a very long time, and we don't have to necessarily have anybody to tell us that we're being doomed. Extinction is real. If we're not gay and not in jail, not getting shot down, and just even one statistic that I didn't even talk about was suicide. Like, we're killing ourselves now. Like, that's something that we didn't do. Hell, we would run the hell out of something before we let somebody else kill us, and now it's become an option for us to take our own lives. Let's just back up ourselves. Let's just get back to blackness, just get right back to where we used to be, just being the strong kings and queens that we are, making decisions that are sound, not just for 
uh, our ourselves before the community that we live in, the black community that we live in. It's not saying that you have to hate any other community. I'm saying love yourself enough to want more for yourself. Like, I, I'm going to cringe. I'm going to be just like my sister Melanie. I'm going to cringe every time I hear that a black boy or a black girl or a black man or a black woman has been killed unreasonably. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that is me. It is me. Every time we let it pass and let it happen without a retaliation, and I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I know that having nothing to say and being numb and dumbed down by it is a pass for it to continue to happen. Like, I'm, I, and I will, if I have to march, I will, but I would prefer to do a signature list of petitions of where we're going to make sure that someone is held responsible. Like this poor child in Atlanta, Georgia, actually not in Atlanta, he, they are still in negotiations. I said this poor baby has been dead, I think, three years now, being rolled up in a tarp saying that he fell in there. A, a high school student just fell to his death and has buying marks on his arms. Like, I, I, I will not be rested in myself and talk, in talking about it because it could be my child. It could be my child next. It could be my sister's child next. It could be my black neighbor's child next. And no one will even worry. The answer that a lot of people say is, shoot, y'all kill each other. Why do you even care now? Like, Really? Like, I'm supposed to not care that a woman that looks like me, a woman with a son like me, is now putting her baby in a box because he ran. And then that same incident can happen, and they can tackle a white child or or an Indian child or anybody else. It's like we're dispensable. That's just not going to get it for me. Like, yeah, I'm pissed off, and I'm not going to rest because I don't intend to leave my son in this place uh, without having some option. And it's not going to be the option to take his own life. That's that's not going to be an option. It's not going to be an option to continue to run when he's done nothing wrong. Like, we run long enough, damn it. I'm tired of us running. I want us to do something different. I want us to say something different. I want us to act in a different way. Lord, I wish that there was a move of people, like there there was a way for us to call on each other when we're, we're in situations like this instead of us having to turn on the television and see a child like, like gun down, like gun down. Like it makes the national news. They never show you the four-year-old little black girl who's made it into the the league of being one of the smartest people in the world, having a high IQ. They don't they don't talk about her. We don't want to talk about her. What we want to show you consistently is that if you're a black person, that we will gun you down and kill you, and ain't nothing you can do about it. I'm saying that there's something else we can do about it. We just have to decide that's what we're gonna do. Honestly, for the same people 
begins with an honest, open conversation. The empire is exactly that place, and you can just weigh in, listen, or debate with others about topics ranging from childcare, sex, religion, and politics. We talk about the things that matter, the things we experience, and we make plans for how we can better live with change. Real talk, real people, real issues with real solutions. Call 646-478-5625 every Sunday and Wednesday at 8 Central on Blog Talk Radio to get Empire with the Empress. Or you can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Empire, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. 